just as an observation of living in Japan for almost five years, I'm going to share something. As a society, they love structure and routine. And as an American, it's been eye-opening to me to see the contrast of the American way of doing things versus the Japanese. And it is very different, I will say. Welcome to the Fueled and Fit Podcast, where fitness and nutrition meet motherhood. My name is Janae Wise, otherwise known as the Fit Mom Coach. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, yoga teacher, mom of eight, and military wife. This is a podcast for busy moms like you and is all about helping you maximize your fitness and optimize your nutrition. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad you're here and hope our time together will be beneficial to you. Before we get started, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at the Fit Mom Coach. I post regularly on my stories and love interacting with followers through my stories or DMs. I would love to see you there. I also have a YouTube channel that you might be interested in, which is just my name, Janae Wise, where I share free short format yoga flows and other workouts. I would also love to see you there. Now, on to the show. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I am thrilled to be chatting with you today about a subject that just gets me excited, which is ways that you can improve your nutrition today. I'm all about action, and I want to give you three actionable steps you can take today to improve your diet. These steps don't involve powders, pills, shakes, or joining an MLM. They don't involve cutting carbs or throwing everything out of your pantry and starting from square one. They are three simple and doable things anyone can do starting today. But before we dive in, I want to say first, thanks for listening. Second, I'm so glad you're here. And third, it has been a week. I know I said this last week and I... I mentioned this in last week's episode, but the saga continues, never a dull moment in the Wise household. So if you missed last week's episode, we bought a house, which is super exciting. We're coming from having lived in Japan for almost three years in an apartment with no yard. And we are moving to Louisiana in this in the summer. And last week, we got a house under contract. So super exciting. It's a beautiful old Southern style historic home that is spacious and it's located on a half an acre. So we'll have plenty of space for our big family. It's also within biking distance to my husband's work and centrally located. So we are close to all the important things, you know, the library, church, schools, the park, Whole Foods the YMCA. And actually, there are a lot of bike paths in this particular city. So we're really looking forward to living a more active lifestyle. We've we've actually been really lucky here um, in Tokyo on the base here. And actually off base, we can bike around pretty easily. In fact, I bike to the gym every day. I, I don't think I've driven to the gym here on base in months and months. So biking is really important to our family. So in addition to buying or getting our house under contract, we also had sickness go through our house, which if you have 
any amount of children, you know that it's like dominoes. One kid gets sick and then he gives it to another kid and another kid and then it just spreads. And before you know it, the whole family has gotten sick. So I thought that I was going to avoid the sickness this time, but I actually was the last one to get it. And so I've spent the last couple of days in bed and boy, it is a hard place for me to be. I truly loathe not being able to do things and it really is a trial to not be up to par with where I usually am. And as you might imagine, with a household of this size, it's really hard for mom to be down and everyone feels it when I am. So I am on the mend, fortunately. I also want to mention that you will not want to miss next week's show. I have some big news I have been waiting to share with you for a while now, and I will delve into all the details next week. So make sure to tune in. All right, let's get to the topic at hand, improving your nutrition. A lot of people think that you have to completely overhaul your diet in order to eat healthy, and this can serve as a stumbling block because it's just too overwhelming to think that you have to know all the things, you have to completely um, overhaul your, your pantry and get rid of everything processed, and so then they just don't do anything because it's just too much, and... That is one approach, but it really just depends on your starting position. Many of you may already be in a really good place nutrition-wise and are just looking for ways to optimize your diet, and that's great. Maybe you're currently eating as most Americans do, which is a lot of eating out, a lot of quick and fast food, probably not enough vegetables and fruits, and you're probably wanting to lose a few pounds as a result. Wherever you land, there's always room for improvement. This is not a morality test. There should be no guilt or shame for the food choices that you have made in the past, as well as the food choices that you will make in the future. I am an ethical vegetarian, and I eat mostly vegan. I've been eating plant-based for 17 years. Part of that, for me, is an ethical choice. However, when it comes to our day-to-day food choices, whether you eat white flour or wheat flour, whether you eat a donut or a whole wheat slice of bread, these are just these are choices that you make. There's no morality attached to these choices, okay? I just want to make that very, very clear because there's been this movement in the last 10, 20 years around, quote, clean eating and even whole foods. And I am a huge proponent of eating whole foods. However, people can kind of develop this holier than thou, almost religious fanatic stance around food. And I want us to just step a step back and try to see food more like a scientist and see it as a way to fuel your body. I'm of the mindset that small tweaks made consistently over time is likely the best path for most people. However, you may be an outlier. You may be on the cusp of a chronic illness diagnosis such as diabetes or heart disease. And if that's you, I encourage you to be more aggressive in your dietary changes than I would recommend for someone who is at a healthy weight and has no health challenges. For all of my clients, for anyone who is listening, I just want to set you up for success. And for most people, success will look like slow, small changes over time. However, that's not to say that there isn't a time and a place for drastic and dramatic changes. So 
it's sort of an individual thing. This is why I recommend, you know, I, what I do what I do as a coach. I recommend talking to your doctor, a dietitian, a coach, getting some help if you're in a situation where you're like, I'm not sure what the best path nutritionally would be for me. But just as kind of a generic, uh, which I don't love cookie cutter advice, but for most people, I would say uh, small changes over time is probably going to be your best path for success. So there is something that I have talked about, I, I think, in prior episodes, and it's just this idea of obesity and health, and I don't believe in health at every size, that movement, I don't agree with it, I don't believe that people should be fat shamed at all, uh, however, I do believe in the science, and the research is so clear The more excess fat you have on your body, the greater risk you are for all sorts of disease, cancer, and and early death. So most Americans, sadly, are overweight. Two-thirds of adults in the U.S. are. And I shared this with my Accelerate ladies this past week, but in Japan, the obesity rate is a tenth of what it is in the U.S. It's one of the lowest in the world at 3.6%. Vietnam and South Korea actually have the lowest with their obesity rates hovering around 2%. This is not just, this is not about aesthetics. This is, here's the thing, I'm getting to the age where I'm middle-aged. I'm getting wrinkles. I know I'm getting older. I'm not always going to be this youthful, you know, I can't attach my worth to to my youth because it's it's quickly going out the window. And so I think when you're younger, you really focus on weight loss because you just, you want to look a certain way. But this is not about getting skinny. This is about your health. And anytime you have excess fat on your body, which I mentioned before, which the CDC currently defines a BMI of over 25 as excess fat, as overweight, and a BMI over 30 as obese. So anytime that's the case, your health is compromised. That is a fact. And there is no such thing as reducing all risk factors. This is life, after all, and risk is inherent in living. However, there are dietary choices that you can make that can significantly reduce or even eliminate the risk factors for things like premature death, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, many types of cancers, and stroke. So as mentioned previously, I'm pragmatic. I like actionable tips rather than vague ideas. So I have three easy ways that you can improve your nutrition starting today. The first is focus on low-hanging fruit. What do I mean by low-hanging fruit? If you've ever gone out to pick fruit say on an apple tree, the the fruit that is low hanging is the easiest to pick, right? You're not going to start for the fruit at the top of the tree. You'll have to get a ladder. You'll have to go through all the branches. No, you're going to get the easy to pick fruit, the low hanging fruit. So how does this apply to your diet? I want you to focus on those calories that are easy to eliminate, those empty calories that you're not even going to miss, I promise. Now, if you're a soda drinker and you have a soda habit, you may miss it for a bit. It might be hard to break that soda habit, and we'll get to that in a second. So I want you to think, what empty calories do you consume on a regular basis that you can reduce or eliminate? And you might think, Janae, I eat super duper healthy. And so I would say, maybe that's the case. But If you have a weight issue, 
If you do not have a weight issue, meaning you are at a healthy weight, you like your weight, you're good to go, then keep eating the nut butters, keep eating the amount of nuts and seeds that you're eating. And if you're consuming oil and you don't have a weight issue, then keep doing it. I, I, I'm not going to stop you if it's working for you. If it's not broke, don't fix it sort of mentality is kind of where I'm at. But if you're looking to lose some weight or improve your health and or improve your health, which often those go hand in hand, depending on what your weight currently is, then look at those empty calories. So that's like the things like Smart Balance or the butters, the vegan butters, um, even things like nut butters. Those are high in calories. They do have some nutrients, the nut butters especially, but very, very high in calories and they have a place. But if you're looking to achieve fat loss, think of significantly reducing or maybe eliminating for a time. But then moving on to things like fast food, processed foods like crackers and chips or anything that is highly refined, those things I would just eliminate. I am puzzled. I mean, I have lived outside of the States for a while and I think I'm gonna be shocked at the amount of fast food that is everywhere. But fast food, in my mind, is what is killing America. And we do have some unique kind of outliers in terms of fast food that is healthy. I think Subway is decent-ish. It's not really my number one pick in terms of healthy fast food. But if you compare it to McDonald's, it's way better than McDonald's or Burger King or You know, even Chick-fil-A doesn't have a lot of plant-based options for me personally, but they do have some fresh food options. I know they have a kale salad. They have some fresh fruit. They have healthier options. So, but fast food as a whole, oh, it is killing America. And I, I don't, it's, if I were to choose one thing to eliminate, (laughs) it would definitely be fast food, especially if you have a weight issue. That's low hanging fruit in my mind. So do you drink your calories? I'm talking soda, even juice, unless it's like a fresh pressed green juice. I wouldn't drink juice. If you do really, really like orange juice, I would measure it and have like no more than a third of a cup. I think actually a quarter cup of juice, I could be wrong, but I know it's no more than a half cup of juice is a serving of fruit. So but easy, those are easy to consume calories and it's better if you chew your calories. So soda, unless it's diet soda, which is not healthy, I want to make that clear, but is certainly a better option than regular soda. It's one of the easiest ways to cut excess calories and sugars out of your diet. I honestly don't know why soda exists. I mean, I do. Companies are making billions off of soda. I think a lot of it has to do with the aspartame caffeine combination. I think that's highly addictive. I've had my own experiences. Maybe I'll share in a future podcast why I have chosen not to consume caffeinated beverages for myself personally, particularly the diet variety. But again, if you're going to do soda and you just can't wean yourself off soda, I would go, if you're drinking regular soda, go to diet soda for a while. And then hopefully the goal would be to wean yourself off of diet soda as well. Water is definitely your best choice. Okay, yeah, so soda, it has no nutritional value other than it does provide a source of energy through carbohydrates or sugar. So if you were a starving person, it, it would provide ca- you know calories, energy. So there is that benefit. But there are obvious things as well to cut out other than soda that are empty calories, things like candy bars or candy of any kind, really. 
even the quote healthy candy, I've seen that Justin's has come out with a peanut butter cup that is like a quote healthy or clean peanut butter cup. And hey, you know, I mean, I teach my clients that they should have a treat if they want, if treats are important to them, they should have a treat every day. And I kind of give them some parameters around that. And I even say, hey, it doesn't have to be quote, healthy or a superfood. I want you, when you have that treat, for it to feel like a treat. But know that it's a treat. It's not a health food. So my concern with some of these kind of healthier brands like Justin's with their peanut butter cups is that people pick it up and think, oh, this is great, you know, and they have like four or five because they're like, this is healthy, but it still has the calories, you know, as the same calories as a Reese's. The ingredients are slightly better, but it's still, it's still a calorie dense food. All right, now this might be a sore spot for some of you, and that is sweetened caffeinated beverages. And I'm talking about the kind that you find at Starbucks, which actually we do have in Japan. (laughs) We have a lot of Starbucks in Japan. The mocha lattes and the frappes, and there's no end to the variations here, and I don't even know all the names because I've never been a, I I don't drink coffee, I don't drink uh, caffeinated beverages. As I said, I do have a caffeine sensitivity and also for religious reasons, but they're almost all full of sugars and unnecessary like fat. Like I'm talking fat. That's not an avocado is a healthy fat. You know, we can talk about like walnuts and other healthy fats, but like the fat that they're putting in these drinks, not fat that you need. And they aren't helping you out nutritionally. They really do add up over time. I remember, this is an anecdotal story, but I remember in high school, I had a friend who worked, so where I grew up in the tiny town in in Eastern Washington, for whatever reason, per capita, we probably have the highest amount of uh, drive-through espresso stands. We are like, we invented the espresso stand. And I think in our tiny town of, you know, (laughs) 20,000, we had like at one point, maybe five or six espresso stands, and they were very popular. And one of my friends had a coworker who she stopped drinking her daily mocha, which was, she didn't realize, but was like 450 calories. And in a matter of a month or two, she lost like 10 pounds. And so I share that to say, you don't realize when you're just kind of in the thick of things of having drinking your calories and having these regular things, you don't realize like, oh my goodness, these are, this is actually a lot of calories. That's not really contributing to my overall health. And it's definitely costing me a lot because, oh man, those, those things are expensive. I would also be remiss if I didn't mention the importance of eliminating BLTs. I'm not talking about the sandwich, but rather all those bites, licks, and tastes that you take in between mealtimes or even like right before mealtimes or after mealtimes, right? Have you ever been putting away dinner and you're like, oh, I'll just have another scoop of this and another scoop of that? Or you're like, oh, there's only a few more bites left. I'm not actually going to save it. I'll just eat it, right? But those are unnecessary calories. If you've already eaten, you need to close the shop, right? If you've already had your meal, you're done. Go brush your teeth. That's a really great way to just close the shop. And, you know, those three bites of your kid's leftover mac and cheese, easily 75 calories. What about that half-eaten pizza slice your three-year-old didn't eat? Also 100, easily 100 more or more calories. So a good rule of thumb is if it's not mealtime and your behind's not in a chair seated at a table, don't eat it. We used to be very strict about this. I know my grandmother, when she came to visit when I was a kid, 
I was eating, I was snacking before dinner and my mom didn't care. I think she was just too busy trying to take care of the rest of us kids. But my grandma noticed and she got on my case and she's like, it's not dinner time yet. Why are you eating? And I think there are some traditions and there's some rituals that we need to go back to, which leads me into my second tip. So first tip, focus on the low-hanging fruit and eliminate empty calories. Second tip, create structure and routine. You may be one of those who just wants to live freely, going with the flow, eating intuitively, eating when you feel like eating, sleeping when you feel like sleeping, taking each day as it comes. Oh my goodness, that sounds really nice. But then you have kids, okay? Or a job or a life. (laughs) And this bohemian approach sounds really fun, especially when you're a young adult, a college student. I think it's a little bit more doable. But the reality is it's contrary to being a successful, responsible adult who gets things done. And it's also just contrary to good nutrition. And I'll explain why. I want your meal and snack, if you have a snack schedule, to become as rote, predictable, and yes, as boring as possible. Especially if you are a female of reproductive age, your hormones love predictable, regular feedings. This sends signals to your body that you are well fed, that you are well nourished, and your hormones will be in balance. If you're not a breakfast eater, I recommend waking up early and exercising. If you wake up at 5 a.m. to exercise, for example, I guarantee you'll want something to eat by 8 a.m. Often a person is not a, quote, breakfast eater because they eat too much food at night, too late, and wake up too late. So I encourage you to figure out ways to scale back the clock so you're going to bed earlier and waking up earlier. Just as an observation of living in Japan for almost five years, I'm going to share something. As a society, they love structure and routine. And as an American, it's been eye-opening to me to see the contrast of the American way of doing things versus the Japanese. And it is very different, I will say. And the Japanese have a lot to teach us, I think. It's this this desire for structure and routine, it's enabled them to create a very distinct culture that has bred a lot of amazing contributions to the world. And part of this structure actually is in meals. They still largely stick, stick to set meal times and they believe in sitting down while eating. Part of this is so much of their diet are foods that don't translate well to caring, to like... I couldn't imagine seeing someone trying to eat a big bowl of soup because they eat a lot of soup. I'm not talking just noodle soup, but they have miso soup. They have soup with almost every meal. And then they have these little vegetable dishes. I just, it just doesn't translate well to like driving in your car, for example. So it's, it's really a faux pas to walk, drive, or do any number of things that you would see Americans do while eating, (laughs) And this has a profound effect on nutrition in that when you do sit down to eat, you are more connected to what you are doing, which is eating. And when you can sit at a table and focus on 
just eating, you're going to be more mindful of those sa- those those cues that let you know that you're full or not and to stop eating. When we're distracted, it's really easy to mindlessly eat and overconsume calories. So let's learn from the Japanese. It's a really good thing to have that structure and routine. So that's number two, create predictable structured meal times, set eating times. And then when it's not an eating time, then you're not eating. And that will go back to number one and will help you to not have those BLTs, those bites, licks, and tastes. So they kind of go work hand in hand. Last tip, we are at number three, increase your greens. When I say greens, it's very simple. Increase your intake of green foods, natural green foods, which are green, all the green vegetables, including green leafies and even things like sprouts, various types of lettuces, spinach, chard, arugula, kale, bok choy, and cabbage. There are a few exceptions like red or purple cabbage, which it's not green, but is actually considered a green leafy. And that's actually one that I love to throw in my green smoothies. And if you have not downloaded my free fueled and fit checklist cheat sheet, I do include a, my green smoothie recipe and some green smoothie tips and uh, as well as tips for increasing greens in your diet. So if you have not received that or downloaded that yet, go to the link in the show notes and you can get that. So I don't care how you do it. You can add a daily green, low fruit, low sugar smoothie or or green juice to your diet. You can add steamed broccoli or steamed cauliflower or a side salad to your dinners. I just want you to increase the amount of greens in your diet. Start from where you are and work on marginal consistent improvements. I kind of maxed out, but even I, in terms of the, I mean, I probably eat two to three pounds of vegetables a day, which I don't even know how many servings that is. I would imagine 15, 20 servings. I'm not sure. So I eat an abnormal amount of greens, but I've been doing that for years. I love it. It works for me. It's doable. I figured out ways to do it in such a way that is sustainable and I just really love the way I feel when I eat this many vegetables. That might not be doable for you. You know, if you're going, especially if you're going from zero servings of vegetables a day, I'd say go up to two servings. And then after a week, go to four servings and then work your way up to, I would say for most people, you should be getting like eight to 10 servings of vegetables a day. So, and just for reference, a serving of raw greens is one cup And if you cook the greens, then a half cup is a serving. For all other vegetables, a half cup is a serving. So like a a half cup of broccoli, whether cooked or raw, is, is a serving. I'm not opposed to taking a green powder supplement, but it should be just that, a supplement to an already rich diet of greens. And so then you have to ask yourself, well, is it really worth it? I mean, if you have the money to burn... I'd say go for it. There's there's definitely no harm in it and it's definitely can act as a good as a good supplement. I want you to get to at least a bare minimum of 5 servings a day. And I eat a lot of servings a day because I eat a, a lot of calories and I'll get to that in a second, but 5 servings is only like just to give you some context to two cups of raw spinach or lettuce and one and a half cups of vegetables. And that amounts to roughly 100 to 150 calories and might be even lower if those vegetables are all non-starchy. So starchy vegetables are things like potatoes, squash, and carrots, 
all good things. They're just higher in calories. And carrots aren't super high in calories, but they're higher in calories than non-starchy a non-starchy vegetable like celery, for example. So non-starchy vegetables are things like celery, cucumber, eggplant, daikon, radish, peppers, onions, zucchini, and all other green leafy vegetables such as lettuce and spinach. As mentioned previously, I personally get like 15 plus servings of vegetables most days if it's a typical day. Not every day I get that amount, but between my green smoothies, my green juice, my salads, and my steamed veggies, it's pretty easy for me to do. I also, I just want to underscore this point because you're probably thinking, Janae, that is crazy. I also get eat a lot of calories every day. When and my maintenance calories, when I am just a normal active person is like 3000 plus a day just because I lift weights. I'm on my feet a lot during the day chasing after kids. I also do get my 10,000 steps in and I have a lot, I have more muscle mass than, you know, someone my size. So because I'm actively working on building muscle. So I require a lot of calories. Therefore, I'm going to eat more vegetables because I, as a proportion of my diet, I want them to be a, a good like 50% of what I eat by volume. So if you're smaller and or less active, you won't need as many calories. Therefore, the amount of vegetables you eat will be less than me. So please don't compare yourself to me or anyone else. The point is I want you to be eating more greens than you are currently eating. It's also important to point out that I've been eating this way for 17 plus years. I've had lots of time to work up to this amount. Again, if you are coming from the standard American diet, work on incremental change rather than going, say, from zero to two servings a day to 15 overnight, that would just, you would have major gastrointestinal (laughs) issues if that was the case. So it's kind of work on slowly adding these vegetables to your diet. And if you have digestive issues, like if greens make you gassy or vegetables make you gassy, I encourage you to cook your greens. Cooking the greens will help make them more digestible and really chew your greens. So I definitely wouldn't eat raw broccoli raw. You know, raw, if, if you have any kind of gas issues or you get super gassy or bloated from raw veggies, I would say always steam your veggies. Do not eat raw broccoli and also fermented vegetables like raw sauerkraut and kimchi is is a great option for adding more vegetables into your diet uh, in a way that will, you know, be easier to digest. Okay. All right, here's the good stuff, the benefits. The benefits of greens are many. They are chock full of important vitamins and minerals, including but not limited to iron, vitamin K, folate, calcium, vitamin C, and fiber. So here's a quick list of 10 benefits of getting more greens into your diet. First, protects your brain. Second, supports optimal gut health. Three, reduces inflammation in the body. Four, helps balance blood sugar levels. Five, supports the immune system. Six, makes your skin glow. I know this is a highly subjective (laughs) benefit, but I can attest my skin always looks better when I'm getting more greens in my diet. Seven, supports healthy aging. We all want that. Eight, they're an endothelium healer. More on this in a second, which is awesome for your heart and cardiovascular health. Nine, they're high in nutrients and low in calories, so it can help with weight loss and weight management. 
and 10 helps reduce the risk of obesity, high blood pressure, heart disease, and mental decline. Did you know greens actually are a, some greens in particular are a good source of omega-3s. You do have to eat a higher amount to get um, those omega-3s, you know, in, in a, to meet your daily value of greens. But if you eat enough greens, you actually don't need to add a supplement uh, like flaxseed or walnuts, or I personally, I take a DHA supplement and I'll, I can talk more about that in a future episode, but a little more info on number eight, they are an endothelium healer. The endothelium, by the way, is a large organ that plays a key role in keeping your blood moving smoothly throughout your body. It's made up of over a trillion endothelial cells, which release substances that aid in blood flow. Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn Jr., one of my favorite plant-based doctors, he's the director of the Heart Disease Reversal Program at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. He's almost 90 years old, and he's still working. He's been doing this for, I think, five decades. But he wrote Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, which includes some of the recipes that I really, really like. But he outlines, outlines the protocol he recommends for his heart disease patients, which includes eating greens six times a day because of their endothelium healing effects. I don't have time to go into his work or research, but I will link two YouTube interviews where he explains in depth. One is really, really short and you can watch in less than a minute. The other one's a longer, I think it's like an hour. Um, so that's for those of you who really want to go in depth with this. But he explains what the endothelium is and why greens, among other whole foods, including things like oats, helps in preventing and reversing heart disease. So I actually, to end here, I know we're going a little bit longer. I like to keep these episodes to about 30 minutes because I know you have things to do. But I wanted to share a couple of excerpts from the Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease cookbook that is authored by his amazing wife, Anne, and daughter, Jane. And they have a YouTube cooking channel that I'll also link to in the show notes. And I highly recommend that you check that out. And you also check out Dr. Essie's book as well as his wife's cookbook. Great recipes that are fairly simple and very tasty. And they really will show you the ropes of like, okay, how do, how do I really make this work? How do I add more greens into my diet? Anne Esselstyn is the queen of like kale and greens. And she really will show you some wonderful ways, including steaming the greens and then adding things like balsamic vinegar, which just adding that acid really makes the greens taste delicious. In the cookbook, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, uh, in the beginning, they share their 12-step program for plant-perfect eating. They do recommend a 100% vegan diet, and for particularly for reversing heart disease. But number six on their list is eating greens. And so I'm just going to read directly from the book because it's good stuff and I want you to know about it. So it says, eat greens, especially leafy greens, as well as all the symphony of rainbow colored vegetables. Cooked or raw, vegetables are king. I couldn't agree more with them. Make leafy greens like kale, collards, and Swiss chard the nest on which you put your food. Mix greens directly into your food or pile greens on the side of your plate such a good tip right there. Mix greens into soup. 
If you're making pasta, add small pieces of kale or other leafy greens to the pot four minutes before the pasta is done and then drain the whole pot and you'll have a meal in one. Make kale sandwiches Use and they have a good recipe for that. You might be thinking, that does not sound good to me, but they have an awesome recipe for a kale sandwich. Use collard leaves instead of burritos in a wrap. Roll up a collard green like a sushi roll. Mix a bunch of greens into pasta sauce and spread it on your whole wheat, no oil pizza crust, then top with veggies, but of course, no cheese. So again, that's going along with their heart disease reversal diet. The second is an excerpt on page 20 of their book. It's tips for using greens in your cooking. So kales, collards, Swiss chard, etc. And this is Anne that is writing. She says, you can cut up leafy greens and add them to anything for a big nutritional boost. Don't be intimidated by greens like kale and collards. They're both delicious green powerhouses. Both kale and collards, as well as some other greens, have tough central spines that we strip off. Do not balk at this. Stripping actually makes the preparation fast and fun and turns kale into spinach with heft. To strip kale or collards, hold the end of the stem firmly with one hand. Wrap your other hand just below the leafy part. Gently but firmly slide your hand up the leaf, staying close to the stem to strip off the leaf. You may discard the stems or, as we often do, cut them on an angle and add them to soups or cook them until tender and add them to salads. I love that. So they're not wasting any part. They're just using it in different ways. Great tip. And I'm sharing this because again, I'm very practical. I love hearing practical ways that I can, you know, implement these nutritional ideas. So I hope that you find this helpful as well. (laughs) To chop the leaves, cut them into strips with a knife and then cut them again crosswise. Alternatively, You can cut them using kitchen shears or just tear them into pieces with your hands. We also often cook the leaves whole, then cut them in a colander when we're draining them or right in the pot with kitchen shears. Mini greens do not have tough central spines and do not need to be stripped or chopped in order to eat. Beet greens, Swiss chard, mustard greens. Please don't ever put mustard greens in a green smoothie. I did that once and it was so gross. Bok choy and spinach are less dense than kale or collards and thus require less prep and cooking time to become tender. So on that note, I will say the pre-washed greens that you can get at many stores like the spinach, the spring mix, I I think most stores, at least in the United States, most grocery stores do sell those. They're they're a little bit more expensive, but if they're going to get you to eat your greens and make it easier, I say go for it. I myself regularly buy the one pound containers of spring mix and and organic spinach. I do recommend organic spinach if you can afford it and if it's available where you live. So to recap, here are three things you can do today to improve your nutrition. The first, focus on low hanging fruit and reduce or eliminate empty calories. Those include soda, nutrient-poor foods like crackers, chips, and cookies, as well as all those BLTs, those bites, licks, and tastes. Create, so that's number one. Number two, create as much structure and predictable meal times as possible. So create as much structure to your eating as possible. Number three, increase your greens intake. 
eat more greens. You don't have to eat 15 servings, 15, 20 servings a day like me. Just work on eating more than you currently do. All right, that's it. Remember when food, when choosing wisely, can be one of your best allies, my friends. Don't get overwhelmed with having to know all the things. Just focus on these three things and go from there. Before we end the show, I I want to let you know that this week I've uploaded a special 60-minute yoga flow to my YouTube channel, which is just Janae Wise, my name. As part of my weekly challenges for my Accelerate group coaching ladies, I have challenged them this week as part of their fitness challenge to do a 30 to 60 minute yoga flow. You can join in on this challenge by checking out this yoga flow. It's free and available on my channel and the link is in the show notes. You can also follow along and join our weekly challenges by following me on Instagram at the Fit Mom Coach. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching or joining my Accelerate group training program, you can get more details at my website, JanaeWise.com. And my next Accelerate eight-week session will begin in April. So space is limited. I keep it small. If you'd like to get on the wait list, registration has not begun yet. But if you get on the wait list, you will get in on the pre-registration as well as get a big discount. So go to JanaeWise.com slash Accelerate to sign up for that or just to get more information if you're interested. All right, that's it for today's show. I hope you learned something helpful. Keep moving, keep working on those goals. Make sure to tune in next week for some big news. Super excited to share with you. And remember, you are worth it, Mama.